0: great day amazing humans yes welcome to empowered my skin the podcast My name is N.K. ching Robinson, and I am founder and CEO of Empowered In My Skin, an experienced technology executive of one of Canada's largest financial institutions, an author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro-athlete, an inspirational speaker, and a viral sensation as my You Matter speech has hit over 6.5 million views worldwide. This show is all about thriving. And I will be bringing on some amazing humans that own their Thrive to help you figure out how you too can own yours. So please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on and make sure to join along on the web at empoweredmyskin.com so you can be notified when new episodes are available. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Welcome to the next episode of the Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. Today, I am joined by the founder and principal lawyer of Lex Integra Professional Corporation. She helps clients to reduce their risk by assisting them with bidding on projects, negotiating and drafting contracts, virtual general counsel or in-house counsel advice and support, and building and assessing ethics and compliance programs. She won a mentoring award from the Canadian Corporate Counsel Association for her years of mentoring lawyers. She is currently mentoring with Ryerson's Law Practice Program. She is also a board member of Transparency International Canada. And for the few moments that I've had to share energy with her, she is a powerhouse. So put your ears together for the amazing, she is amazing,
1: Amy Sandu! Yes! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And catch it. Yeah. <laughs> a wonderful introduction
0: no problem thank you thank you for being for agreeing to be a guest on the podcast I'm very excited to host you today and so I'm going to get us started what can you tell us about your person your human the brand that is Amy Sandu
1: well if I if I thread together uh, over time, I would say that, um, um, I've always been, um, known for being somebody who was, you know, pretty rules-based, uh, wanting to do the right thing and, you know, not always being the most fun person in the room. If you were to ask my siblings, uh, or my cousins, um, and, you know, really taking to heart the idea that, um, uh, being a good person, um, As my sister said to me once, she said, you're a good person, not always a nice person, which, you know, didn't exactly feel great when she said it, but I could, I could understand what she meant. That I think that it's really important to sort of think about what's right and wrong, even if sometimes that means you have to say something or do something that's unpopular. Mm -hmm. And, um... So that I guess would be a bit of my moral compass, or I don't like to use the word moral compass, but my guiding my guiding compass that comes to me from my from my from my father mm-hmm. um who we, whom we lost a few years ago and 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 this is the kind of the funny thing about how families influence each other. Uh, my dad was like that because of his el- eldest brother, mm. and so that's sort of i guess is a bit of a um, pass down through my through my family um other than that um I've always really, really enjoyed learning. And sometimes I feel like I've made uh, career or activity choices that don't necessarily um, put me at the head of the class um, in terms of being the best because I've kind of really want to go on and learn something else new.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: feel like I'm frequently, you know, learning things and kind of going from the ground up all over again just because I find that uh, learning process so interesting and, and, and and very, very satisfying.
0: I love that. And so as you think about sort of cumulating that, I believe I'm a big proponent of affirmations and I am, what would be your great I am? Oh boy. Um,
1: (laughs) I would say, um, I don't know if I can put it in an I am, but You know, sometimes I think you need to take your, you need to look at yourself the way other people see you, Mm -hmm. that sometimes um, if we look at each other, look at ourselves through our own lens, we might be too critical or we might be focusing on a problem as opposed to the whole person. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, you know, talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend or the way you would talk to your little sister, you know, that that kind of. You know, where you're always showing somebody some support and wanting them to be better without bringing them down.
0: I totally get that. I actually just, um, if I had to give you an I am impeccable with my word, because I just read the book, uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and that's exactly what he talked about was, you know, when you're impeccable with your word about yourself it makes it so much easier for you to be impeccable with your word about others, right? It starts with yourself first. So that's, that's, down. that's Thank you. your I am. I am impeccable with my word. Okay. And so this, this podcast is all about helping people think in, in, in a way that's empowering. Um, and Empowered on Skin, we believe that that is truly the essence to really create real sustainable change in the world. So what would you like to be known for at the end of this episode?
1: I wanna be a role model. In the sense of, you know, I I was talking to somebody recently um, who said she'd never before had a brown woman teacher before, Mm. right? She's like grown up her whole life in a big Canadian city. I find that shocking. I do a lot of speaking at conferences or guest lectures or things like that. And I find that a lot of the time they'll put up my hand to say, sure, I'll do it. Not because I think that what I have to say is better than what someone else might have to say. But because I know it's so important for the younger people watching to look up and see somebody that they can say, if she can be there, I can be there. Ooh. So, so that's, that's really, really important to me. So it's not so important to me that, Oh, I get it right. Oh, I say it perfectly. Oh, I look perfect. What's important is that, Person in the audience, or that person who is viewing, can say, "If she can do it, I can do it." She's given me an idea that I I didn't know uh, was possible, mm. and uh, that's what I would like to be known for: giving people, um, whether they're younger than me, older than me, you know, whether they're first generation immigrants or they're newly immigrated, or they came from a background where they're the first people in their family to go to university in Canada, like I was, um, that they look and say, there's somebody else who's done it. I'm not alone. That's what I'd like to be known for.
0: I love that. I love that. Thank you. So let's bring that out. Let's bring that out. So we are in very, we're in a year that's been filled with very, very interesting times. So what have you discovered most about yourself during this season of life?
1: During this time of COVID, um, Mm. I've realized, um, honestly, how lucky, how lucky I am. My family is, um, knock on wood. Um, none of us were, were, none of us got ill
0: Mm.
1: and that just sort of makes you realize what really is important in life. Um, secondly, what I realized about myself from a work point of view or just a crisis point of view is that I could sit and think about the crisis and worry which didn't do me or my family any good. Um, my other coping mechanism was to throw myself into, into work, um, which is one of those things that on the outside looks great. Wow. She's so productive. She did so much during COVID. Uh, but I know a lot of that was how I cope with stress. So again, not that great for my family because I should have spent more time with my kids. Um, but that was how I was coping with that stress.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would your advice be to people in crises?
1: Uh, A lesson that I've learned is that um, you got to just put one foot in front of the other. That even when it looks like you can't control anything or everything. And again, I'm talking from the point of view of a business person. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not proposing to talk about people whose circumstances are very, very different from mine or where I can't understand the challenges But I think what I understood is there's always something you can do Mm -hmm. and it's better to focus on that thing, which you can do because it will give you a feeling of direct, it'll give you a direction to go in. And sometimes in these times of crisis, um, having a direction or a path to take just sort of helps you keep your, your sense of self, your sense of self Mm -hmm. and, helps you uh, uh bring out your own good coping mechanisms mm-hmm. right it's a yeah. way to keep the stress at bay
0: and i think the you know that lesson of one foot in front of the other focus on what you can do that is the gps right like that's yeah. the that's your north star it's not about thinking 10 steps ahead it's really it's about what i say it's what is the smartest thing that you can do next
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. Because especially I mean, a lot of it really, you know, de- it all is about the whole hand and glove thing, like what's going to work for you. So some people, you know, really do map things out in a very like, uh, like a chess game kind of a way thinking two, three steps ahead. So maybe that advice is not for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people can kind of get a bit paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And maybe a bit like a deer in headlights, kind of like stuck or frozen in that moment. Mm -hmm. So different types of people need different types of advice. Um, I've heard a great piece of advice, uh, which is say no to the good. So you can say yes to the great. Mm. But I've decided that's great advice for other people. Because it doesn't resonate. It did not resonate with me during this year of COVID. During this year of COVID, what resonated with me was say yes to everything that's resonated with me
0: mm-hmm. and
1: which is why, you know, I was so happy to accept your <laughs> to be on the podcast because I really have found for, for myself, it's opened up a lot of doors mm-hmm. that in other more regular times um, I wouldn't have come across.
0: So this is your season of yes. Have you read the book? Um, yeah. <laughs> have you read the book by Shonda Rhimes, the year of yes. No. yeah she's writing it down yeah she has this so funny that you said that I was like oh that felt like a caption from the book she just made a decision to say yes to everything in it.
1: that's yeah well honestly that's sort of been my approach uh in this time in mm-hmm. this time of COVID you know because what's the worst you know it's it's like you realize how you limit yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know because there's there's lots of reasons to say no mm-hmm but they're not always as clear cut as you might think that they are. Well, you know, there's um, um, somebody could ask you to write something or attend something or speak at something and, oh, I'm too busy or, oh, that interferes with my schedule, um, which could be 100% true. uh, But it also could be a convenient excuse to not push yourself Mm. um, to try something new, to, to explore something new. And, and again, I'm not trying to sound, uh, you know, uh, like I don't understand that some people truly are busy or truly have already made decisions about where they're going to spend their time. I'm not second guessing those people, but I'm just saying for myself, it's been a year. It, it honestly, like COVID-19 obviously has been a very difficult time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it, for some reason, it also made a lot of people... Um, Very, very generous, very, very compassionate, very open and available to talking to other people, Mm -hmm. right? Because of COVID, people can't travel or Mm -hmm. don't travel. So it's very easy to talk to people on Zoom because it's like, I know you're home. Yeah,
0: (laughs) which is why I was able to pump out a a season in like two months.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So it's sort of like, you know, is there anything in a difficult situation where, um, it's creating uh, an environment where you can do, you know, I, I don't want to say the silver lining of COVID. I, I feel like that sort of under, um, undermines the suffering a lot of people have experienced and continue to experience. Uh, but what I am trying to say is, you know, sometimes unexpected can give you room mm-hmm. to open up doors or try things you wouldn't otherwise be able to try.
0: For sure. For sure. Totally agree. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit about what you do. And so how did you find your footing and gain ground in the legal industry, which is heavily male dominated?
1: Um, Well, um, it's, again, going back to my parents, uh, and, you know, uh, being the child of immigrants, I was presented with two choices, Uh, I could be a lawyer, or I could be a doctor. (laughs) And uh, that always makes me laugh more so now, because I spent 17 years working in engineering companies, I didn't even—I never even heard the word engineer in my life until I got to university, and I'm so embarrassed by that. I'm blushing. I just, my parents had never mentioned it. I'd never come across a book or a show that talked about it.
0: And Is that because uh, that was our third one. We got lawyer, doctor, engineer.
1: engineer. So somehow, somehow, my parents—that uh, didn't—that didn't make. I didn't make it. The professionalist. No. Yeah. And so I dropped out of physics in, in last year of high school. And so that kind of meant only lawyer was left. Um, and more seriously, I had actually really wanted to do, uh, uh, become an academic. Um, but just to kind of, you know, get my dad off my back, I had written the LSAT. Uh, But I went to do graduate work. I was doing a master's of history. I had big plans to do a PhD in history or a PhD in this new area called cultural studies. But about two or three months into my master's, I realized I hated it. Like, I just hated it so much. Um, I'm a compulsive finisher. So I forced myself to stay and to finish it. Um, And then I, uh, at the same time I applied to law school, I wasn't really sure what else to do. And so I applied to law school and the law school application process was so difficult. Um, So my plan was apply, assume I wouldn't get in, see what I needed to do to improve my application and, you know, take a year off in between reapply, but, I got in to law school (laughs) and I decided that the application process was so hard that I'd rather go to law school than to wait a year and reapply. And so that was my start. I certainly had a common experience, which was, you know, I wanted to go to law school to change the world. I was going to like work for refugees and change family law policy and tax law policy. That was a lot of, what I was thinking about at the time when I applied to law school and I went to law school. And then by the time I graduated, you know, I was working on Bay street doing corporate law and uh, I'm loving it. it um, um there's so many different aspects to yourself and so many different things that give you a feeling of satisfaction. And I just loved the pace of corporate work. It was like, it was fast Mm. And I just found that that fit well. Um, it brought, it brought, it, it, it played to my strengths. Mm-hmm. If something was slow, I would tend to procrastinate and kind of like just spend more time worrying about it than actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the corporate law work, it just tended to be really quick and fast. Um, I was on Bay street um, until I decided that um, I wanted to work inside of a corporation And so I went and I did that and I ended up working at the first engineering company, which is Atomic Energy of Canada. And it sort of fit with what I was looking for because it was a government owned company. And it was, so there's a law aspect, there was a policy aspect, there was a technology aspect. And what the company did was it brought power to people. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of fit with my worldview of, I'm contributing to something that at the end of the day is going to improve things in people's lives. And in that case, it happened to be electricity in their homes.
0: When you think back on this very successful career, you know, what's the most important lesson you learned and how has it advanced, you know, your life overall? Um, I would say the most
1: important lesson I've learned is about teamwork, but I still have more to learn about that because it's easy to work in great teams It's easy to work in teams where you all fit together or you have the same values. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more challenging to work in a team where you don't feel like a team. And so I think that um, uh, that's probably a challenge for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, I'd like to learn how to do better.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: something that I see is, okay, that's the people who have mastered that skill really must be so incredibly valuable. If yeah, you can like you know, work with and if you can work with just anybody, that's fantastic.
0: That's and cool. I, and I truly believe, like I think, I think we're in a season right now, and with the you know the huge focus now on diversity and inclusion, this is the time to recognize that there's value in our differences. Complete value and our differences Absolutely. are our assets they're assets to whatever it is that we're wanting to do because it informs the you know at the table so many different types of ideas that can come to to be stitched together to create a huge mungus idea right so I, yeah I, you know, yeah yeah so but
1: but i do think it's uh, i do think some people are <laughs> are so skilled at that at really like bringing out all of the interesting ideas and wow, if I take your idea and that person's idea, we can build it together and make this super idea. And I think the challenge for a lot of us is when you see the ideas in competition, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, if your idea is good, does that mean my idea is bad? Like how do you, how do we sort of make it plus plus? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To to people that are listening personally, I think there's, there's enough capacity in a world with 7.5 billion to, mm -hmm to to really entertain all of right absolutely all of our ideas. no you yeah. you're
1: you're you're totally right <laughs> you're totally right it just sort of involves like a different way of, of thinking of thinking yeah especially in the corporate world where um um you know each organization has its own culture there's a certain approach to decision making or speed by which things need to happen or maybe the speed is too slow and so you're often um, dealing with um, a, a set way of doing something, which doesn't, you know, always make it easy to come mm-hmm. up with new ideas. Mm-hmm.
0: So talk to me about a time, because it sounds possibly that um, you've had a number of them, when you've, in life you've needed courage and what that looked like.
1: Oh, well, you know, I'll tell you when I was younger, how I, I, I've always been very fearful. At least that's how I see myself. Um, I don't think others see me that way. I, I think uh, a couple of things resonated with me. Uh, <laughs> when I was young, I used to watch that show, Xena, Princess Warrior Princess. <laughs> and I remember one time she said to her, to her friend, um, something like, courage does not mean you don't have fear. Courage means you do something in spite of your fear, mm-hmm. and I think that that it just sort of hit me at the right age because mm-hmm. I I would have I don't remember how old I was when I was watching it, but I also think uh, um, I used to also f- convince myself to do things by kind of looking in the rearview mirror and say, okay, Amy, imagine you're an eighty year old lady sitting in a rocking chair looking back at this moment. What would you have wished? the moment looked like? What would you have wished you had done? And um, I don't do that anymore. Um, probably because now I know 80 year olds will sit in rocking chairs. They're so busy. <laughs> They're so busy doing all kinds of other stuff. Um, but that, that, that was often helpful. That was often helpful to kind of take myself out of that situation and, and, and look at it more objectively. Mm. And that would sort of help me see the difference between, my own sort of feelings of um, can I do this Mm -hmm. compared to is that thing a good idea? Mm -hmm. Um, And then otherwise, I guess most recently it would be in starting my own business, you know, it's um, and, and one thing I'm so grateful for is how much other people have helped me. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I didn't, I, I just didn't realize or, or I've been blessed that there's been so many people who have said, you know, how can I help? What can I do to help? Or they've been silently helping in some way. And honestly, like that, I feel like I can't even express my gratitude enough to these people, not just because they might've helped me in one particular uh, uh, opportunity or introduced me to a client, but just that feeling of support.
0: You know, and so,
1: and, and, and that sort of really has informed how I go about doing business Mm -hmm. because I want to be that kind of support for
0: other people. Mm -hmm. So so, with a year under your belt, you know, what advice do you have for maybe other lawyers or even just people, you know, wanting to take that shift from corporate world to, you know, starting their own business?
1: I think, um, ask yourself why you're doing it. Um, and make sure it's, it's, it's your reason Mm -hmm. because someone else might have a totally different reason for doing it. Mm -hmm. And knowing what, knowing that reason, knowing that the reason you're doing it will really help you make other decisions. Um, secondly, and, and I, and I do say the second piece to a lot of younger people, I say, build your network like five, 10, 15 years before you need your network. Ooh. right? Like, like when you need somebody is the wrong time to go out and find a new friend on LinkedIn.
0: Ooh, Build your you network know? 15 years before you actually need it. I love that.
1: You know, I mean, I mean, for you, I don't want to discourage younger people, right? Like I'm, my, my point is,
0: I get it. <laughs> like
1: your network is there. Well, I'll even turn it around. You were part of networks to help other people, and I would say approach networking and community in that way. I, I, I talk to so many people who think networking is a dirty word. And I'm like, I'm like why? It's just another type of community building. Yeah. And if you go into it thinking it's a dirty word, maybe what you're expecting out of it is, is, is problematic.
0: problem Exactly. The truth right? is, I mean, to those people, it's almost even getting them to an understanding, you're networking every single day.
1: Right? Every like single whether day,
0: you, whether you like to believe it with within your within your own, like, you know, sort of environment, you know, when you go out to the mall, when you go to the gas station, when you go into and you step into an elevator. And you yeah, get you're to
1: talking your work, to your neighbor. Conversations,
0: right. It's all yeah,
1: okay. yeah, yeah, so, so maybe if we replace the word networking with community building, the people who see it as a negative would see it as a positive but yeah. also hopefully we could weed out people who as soon as they meet you they're trying to sell you something
0: right 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 it's not right? a sell game it's a, your network no. is your net worth is something else i also say right it will oh get that's you. beautiful
1: yeah. i yeah. can totally see that yeah, yeah. So, so so those are so in my third piece of advice especially for lawyers and mm. i don't know if this applies to others i'm guessing that it does um there's enough work for everybody mm right? Like some of the work I've gotten has been from quote unquote, my competitors, right? People who say, I'm too busy. I can't take this on. Can I refer my client to you? Or I'm too busy. Could you spend a couple of days as my subcontractor helping me with this? Mm-hmm. And then they will present it to their client.
0: right? Yeah. And
1: so, and every once in a while, when I do feel myself getting a bit competitive, I kind of take a deep breath and I say, there's enough work for everybody everybody. and someone else's success is 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 something to celebrate and aspire to not to feel like that's some that's taking something away from me yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and um and and to your earlier thought it is actually it spans it spans industries I think there's enough work again there's 7.5 billion people in this world (laughs) we just need to open up our mind there's enough work and space and capacity for everyone to thrive
1: Yep, yep. And also I think um along the same lines, like, you know, as a solopreneur, um, like I'm working longer hours than before. And like I certainly worked long hours before. Um, but there's still time to help other people. Yeah. You know? I mean I gotta get more efficient. Like I did have one week where I'm not kidding, I had seven young lawyers reach out to me to want like some like advice or mentoring. And you know, that was probably too many for me to say yes to. And so one of the things I'm looking at is I'm challenging myself to do those feel good community things, but in a way where it doesn't take time away from my family. Hmm. That's sort of what I'm trying to do. So I've, um, I've taken the good advice from a friend of mine and I finally set up like a, um, a calendar invite or calendar link that I'm going to send it to the next person who says, you know, can I have some of your time to talk to it's ready to go mm-hmm. for them so they can have a 15 minute, a uh, uh, chunk in my schedule mm-hmm.
0: to do and, that. Yeah, I do that And too. that'll,
1: yeah. So it's sort of, it's, it's, it's been, it's required some um, discipline on my side because I'm like, Oh, I'll talk to them for as long as they want. <laughs> but then I, but when I look at my kids that I think that's not fair to my kids, yeah. Yeah. you know?
0: It also keeps it, it keeps your life and day organized too, right? Like, and you're intentionally, ca- you know, carving out some time to do that great service work, which probably fills you up and, and, and puts you into a greater space and of capacity for, for those that you love, right? Like I,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I, but I think um, so that's sort of my, like where I I had, for me, the first 12 months was all about like sales and social, like social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I've always really enjoyed LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, but I kind of just, trying out Twitter, trying out Instagram. Uh, But the next four months is all about efficiency and systems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always tell myself, the reason I'm doing that is to build more, to create more time for my family.
0: I love that. Yeah. So because we're on the topic of mentoring, what lessons have you learned from being a mentor?
1: Um, Because you always learn. Honestly, you always learn. Like as, as the mentee, it seems obvious why you'd want to talk to
0: mm.
1: a mentor. I think for anybody who's thinking about being a mentor, you learn so much as a mentor, you know, like you kind of, you know, somebody might be asking, Hey, how do you handle this situation? And you'll have to really examine, okay, do I have a good way of handling the situation? And if you don't, their very real question sort of force you to uh, develop, um, an understanding, wow, do I know how to do that? Is that a skill I have? Maybe I don't Mm -hmm. have that skill Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, you see what challenges they're going through, you know, like here I am a 20, a lawyer of 20 years starting my own business. Am I nervous and scared? Sure. I am. And then I think about these people who've been a lawyer for one or two years starting their own business. And I just think, what right do I have to be scared? Like, they're, um, they're so much more courageous. And so it kind of allows me to tap into the courage Mm -hmm. they might have. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's just really, really practical. Like um, I've just finished six months in this amazing women's business accelerator out of York university called Ella. And I applied for it back in January of 2020. So earlier this year, And the reason why I'm mentioning this is I didn't know anything about accelerators or incubators or opportunities that a lawyer could, um, could benefit from. But I was talking to a bunch of young law students who, uh, who were talking about something like this. And I was like, wait a minute, that applies to lawyers. So I went home, I did some research and as part of this research i learned that there is this whole world that i could access wow. i applied and i got in and basically i had these 53 other or 55 other awesome women to get me through covid hmm. and that was all because i was in a situation where i was at mentoring some some younger some younger students
0: so yeah, awesome.
1: so i'm not just saying oh mentor you'll feel good but no like they know stuff yeah. they know stuff you don't know yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's good for everybody.
0: That's very empowering. That's why I want to ask the question because we often, you know, focus on the mentee, but as mentors, there's a there's a huge gating, huge. Absolutely. Reward, huge absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. And 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 it can be something as 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 simple or simplistic as if they're younger than you or mm-hmm. newer in the area, mm-hmm. they'll they'll have learned things that are more up to date than you might have. Right. Right. Or you could realize, Oh, well, I've worked in the same company for 20 years and here's how we do things. And now I'm talking to somebody who's in a totally different industry or different size of business. And you recognize, Oh, wow. Like they do this thing in a totally different way. Why Mm -hmm. is that? That kind Mm -hmm. of also forces you uh, to see how people do things differently. Mm -hmm. And through my formal mentoring through the Canadian corporate council association, um, I don't, I don't do that anymore just because I'm no longer a corporate counsel. Um, I had indicated that for me, diversity and inclusion was very important. So over the years, all of my mentees were people who would have either been wanting a mentor that, mm-hmm. but looked like them or understood what they've gone through. Or in one case I had one, they're all wonderful. And one, one, my last mentee was like, you know, a straight white male, my age who wanted to learn more
0: about mm-hmm. diversity
1: and inclusion. So we asked to be paired with somebody who could sort of, um, uh, uh, uh bring that out as part of his, as part of our mentoring relationship, you know?
0: <laughs> so it's open for everybody. It's
1: open for everybody.
0: <laughs> So I had a chuckle earlier when you were talking about, you know, you used to say something to your 80, 80 year old self. And so I was laughing because I have a question here for you, which is if you could send a note to yourself in 2030, which is not when you're 80, it's 10 years. (laughs) What would it say? Stop worrying. Mm. Just do it. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. So
0: I'm going to take you into this, uh, the section of this interview that's called rapid thrivers. So it's just five quick questions for you. Okay. So when you think about someone who inspires you, that is thriving, who comes to mind first and why?
1: Michelle Obama. (laughs) And the reason is not because she was married to Barack Obama, but it was because um, I'm, I've not finished her biography yet, but what I loved about her biography uh, was how she, on the one hand, uh, really honestly talked about herself, right? Like the flaws, the positives, the stuff that wasn't, you know, maybe the, her best trait. But at the same time, she had so much compassion for herself where she didn't need to be perfect. She just needed to have a good understanding of herself, mm-hmm. and what her values were and what was going to work for her and what was not going to work for her. And if it was something that was not working for her, was it something that she could grow into?
0: Mm.
1: So I just, I just loved how she was so open about a lot of thinking that a lot of us do by ourselves, Mm -hmm. not realizing other people might be thinking about, you know, similar things. And Mm -hmm. I'm not comparing myself to Michelle Obama. I'm just saying that (laughs) her book really had that sense of honesty and Mm -hmm. looking in the mirror that, uh, you know, we we so often don't get a chance to see um, Mm -hmm. other people do. I tell you, her, that, you know, her,
0: her her book did that for so many, so many read that and was like, wow, I could talk about myself that way. I can see myself like that. I can, she gave us a way to, you know, internalize what we'd gone through and be able to then verbalize it in a way that is meaningful, not absolutely. just yeah, to Absolutely, You said yeah, it really
1: well. Yeah. yeah.
0: So what is a daily activity that helps you with your thrive? <laughs>
1: In theory, it's exercise. Okay. All right. <laughs> every day I exercise is like the best day of my life. And then I'm like, why don't I do this every day? <laughs> right? Okay. Um, I would say for me, that connection with my my family, okay. whether it's mm-hmm. my, my spouse, my kids, my mom, my siblings, mm-hmm. my cousins, um, that sense of being part <laughs> of, of a community in that really, really fundamental way where like they totally... Accept you, and they aren't afraid to like poke fun at you when when you need it.
0: Now, how many kids do you have? I have three. Wow! Yeah, that's, that's no, that's great. Can I, all boys, girls. I saw no one.
1: Uh, two boys and one girl. One girl, and okay. they're all really close in age.
0: Okay, from what age? Uh,
1: my daughter is ten, and my twin sons are eight.
0: Wow, twin sons! <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you have twins in the family? Like, did you know that that would be possible?
1: Uh, didn't really believe that it would be a possibility there are some in the family okay uh, but that was sort of a you know uh I have hats off to people whose families are spread out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, ours, ours is not. And so I feel like every stage we go through is like this really, really intense stage. stage. <laughs> and then we go to the next stage and the earlier stages are forgotten. <laughs> and now the next stage is equally intense because they're all in it at the same time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you only have to go through the stage once. Absolutely. Right? absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yep. I love that. So what is a book that has helped you with your
1: thrive? the last great book I read, uh, was, uh, by Brian Stevenson. Oh, I
0: think and, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Just Mercy. Just Mercy. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: so, um,
1: why that book comes to mind is just, it was just it was a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant book. And then you just kind of really, you know, you look at some work other people do
0: hmm.
1: and you, and you just think, they can do their really big, awesome thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can that do, I this, can do it too. right? Yeah. That that there are some people who are just uh, like out there changing the world and they're like great examples to the rest of us mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, we might not be changing the world, um, but it's their bravery that helps us get through our day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm not sure if you use your phone a lot, but if you did, what is if you do, what is an app on your phone that helps you with your thrive?
1: Instagram, totally okay. Instagram. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: uh, I only joined Instagram two or three months ago oh, well. uh, as part of my marketing, mm-hmm. because I uh, I put up a website and I wanted to have a link to Instagram, so mm-hmm. I had to. I'd never been on Instagram before until mm-hmm. maybe May of this year, so it's been four <laughs> or five months, and I love it. I mm-hmm. love. I love how people are able to take what they do mm-hmm. and turn it into a visual. Mm-hmm. So I'm just inspired by them in general. Like, wow, mm-hmm. how does that architect or how did that lawyer or, or financial mm-hmm. advisor do that? But I also follow a lot of women entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, accounts and they just put up these like brilliant things every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And so I, I didn't realize how much I was going to benefit from Um, reading their stuff
0: yeah you know Mm. yeah awesome and what is one misconception that people have of you um, as they see you in your thrive and succeeding
1: um that i don't have any doubt Mm. yeah that i've got it all figured out
0: thank you so much for sharing energy with me and where can we find more of you
1: oh well i would love for you to visit my website lex integra.ca and probably and i'm also uh, on instagram and uh, twitter uh, and my business has a facebook page as well but if people wanted to connect with me individually uh, i'm very active on linkedin yeah. and then you can find me amy Sandu on linkedin
0: and I'll put all the links in the show notes as well. Oh, so, great, right, yeah. right, great. So that'll right. be easy, easy yeah. click, easy click. So as I ask, I have one last and final question for you. This is a podcast called Empowered in My Skin. My final question to you is: what does it mean to you to be empowered in my skin?
1: It means to not let self-doubt stop me from doing things.
0: Mm. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you. I thank you for a human. At the beginning of the episode, I'd asked you, you know, what is something that you want to be known for? And it was to be a role model in the skin that you're in. That's, I'm paraphrasing there, and you are. And, you know, I think you've shown how you step into your bravery to show others what is possible. So thank you. Thank you for truly, thank you for who you are.
1: Thank you. And thank you for this podcast. And thank you for this uh, opportunity. And I can't wait to watch uh, all your other podcasts. You're awesome. Thank to learn you. Learn more from everybody, including you. You need to do, you, someone else needs to interview you. Yeah, I do. I have you can to. can be.
0: Thriving Thursday. That's where I get my, that's where I get uh, the fill of sharing my wisdom when I can. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> To everyone that's listening, thank you for putting your ears together for this amazing woman. But sadly, this is what I have to say: we're out. Bye. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so there you have it. I hope you're thriving and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you are listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Billius says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome hanging with you on your girl and I'm out.